Hi, and welcome to episode 87 of the Studio Insider Art Podcast. As we come toward the end of a series on selling a collection of work, Steph and I are chatting through one of the very last processes in selling our work, packing and shipping it to its new home. We chat through how we pack and ship works on paper and prints, stretch canvases, unstretched canvases, and also very large and framed paintings. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, this is Susan Nethercote and welcome to the Studio Insider Art Podcast. In these episodes, I throw open the doors to my art studio practice and how I run my business as a professional artist. Whether it be candid insider chats with my studio assistants Laura and Steph, or interviews with other creatives, or answering listener questions, there is something here for every emerging artist. I hope my journey can help you feel a bit more at home in your own. Hello, Steph. Hello, Suze. How are you doing? Well, what's on the menu for today? Well, we're still in our series of selling work, selling a collection, and we couldn't go through it without talking about shipping the most underestimated time consumer for every artist I think do you think I hate shipping (gasps) (laughs) it's not my favorite job either and um, actually that was the first thing I outsourced in the business was when Laura used to come in and do it for me which she no longer does It's so annoying because it's not like I do it enough to warrant yeah. getting someone else to do it, but it is a real bothersome it's process. It's not a fun job. No one wants to do it and it takes way longer than you think it will. Um, I have to say this is one of the areas where I see it as kind of an advantage to selling in collections because you can kind of batch mm. it and get it over and done with and that's right. what I like to do with shipping is just like do a whole bunch and then it's gone and I don't have to worry about it for a while. But anyway, we should talk through it because um, it's an important thing that these items are shipped securely and safely yes. to all corners, the yes. four corners of the globe. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay, so we've sold X amount of artworks in our latest release. Now, I always put paper pieces in a collection usually because they're really easy to ship. Okay. They are for you, but I've been chatting to another artist who does works on paper. They use charcoal and they're a nightmare to ship. I bet they would be. Mm, yeah. I think she can't roll it because it's smudge. So I buy rigid mailers. I just get ones from Officeworks. You can get ones from Uline, all kinds of places, really thick cardboard mm. rigid mailers. I make a lot of work at A3 size. And you can get that A3 size and it usually comes in under the 500 grams, which is sort of when you start to go up another shipping um, price category for overseas. So they're really easy to list and know how much they're going to cost to send. Um, And I'll just, um, I have actually pre-bought some plastic sleeves with nice rigid cardboard backs a while ago that fit A3. So that mm. I have like kind of a double level of the cardboard in there. Um, and I really don't have problems. I've never had a problem. I've never had someone contact me and say it was folded or damaged. I do like um, tape it up really well and kind of, you know, I buy good ones. Um, but yeah, I love paper pieces are easy for me. And then I have a little collection of like, cute little moo products Mm. i love moo i love the quality of their products and 
how easy it is to upload your art. So, and you can also do things like have, you know, 50 business cards with all different designs on them. I love that they can do that. Yes. And so I have a little collection of like postcards that I can write a message on. I also have a postcard that gives people a little discount if they want to buy a print and they've got cute little pictures on the back. And then I have a tiny little business card that's got my details and a really lush one. This is a lot. I don't know about you, but when I get stuff like that in the mail, when I buy something special for myself, like people are buying a piece of art that's special for them, and I get all these other little bits in there, which in total probably cost me like a dollar for all the little bits, I think it just really makes it feel special and like a bit of an experience. I don't like it when people do that. Really? Yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> no, actually, the, I do get it because I hate go- goodie bags. Yeah. Because people just give me a whole bunch of stuff I don't need. Oh, yeah, and then and then I feel guilty when I'm disposing of it. Like I'm being wasteful. But, no, I do like the note, the postcard. That's really – but the other bits of bobs don't really do it for me. I think um, I just want them to have – like the business cards that I send – they're really they're not just a business card they're like super thick they've got like they've got gold foil and stuff on them I don't want that person to feel like they can throw them away and I suspect that they do not there's two types of people in the world people who (laughs) people who love stationery and people who don't I do not love stationery oh you don't really oh well I'm obsessed so maybe I'm the only one (laughs) <laughs> I love it too because it actually I love the process of putting I feel good about sending the parcel it makes it a bit fun for me and also like I have um I also get my stickers like my address stickers and stuff from Moo and they get a little cute little one a little round sticker or a square that goes on the back so it's just like over the top of the corner of my yeah I'm really clearly interested yeah. I quite enjoy packing the paper pieces for that reason okay all right so if you ever get something from me don't expect all those fancy bits <laughs> just expect recycled shipping containers and packaging and I've probably written a note but forgot to put it in <laughs> so that's all the touchy feely stuff and I've maybe made a bit light of it but that's actually really sweet and thoughtful and I have yes. some people that have bought a lot of my like I have serious collectors of my work that have bought many pieces so I I want them to continue to have that experience yeah. and to feel a personal touch and right yeah so that's just what I choose to do the other thing um you may want to choose to put in is a certificate of authentication no I just started doing this and I feel really fancy <laughs> mm. well you're, you've got it front of mind so do you want to describe it yeah so I have mine as a postcard on beautiful cardstock. Um, I just use this to print, which is a bit boring, but easy, yeah. And I included on mine an image of me and my work, and then a little bio, and then a couple of fields that I can feel in my hand, which is the title, um, and the details of the artwork, and then a spot where I sign, yeah. And then if I'm posting this, I doubled it up as a postcard and I handwrite a little note on the back. But the reason that I started doing it is that I also sell in stores, so it's a really good way to get my branding along with my art in the shops. It's got my website and my Instagram, and then I just tuck it in the back of the artwork. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like I'm just catching up on this. 
you know, external stuff, extra stuff. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's not something that you have to do, but I have noticed that, you know, if you're using any third-party platforms like Blue Thumb or Art Lovers Australia, that they like you to have it. It's kind of good practice Mm. to offer a certificate of authentication with original artwork. I haven't done it all the way through either. So, you know, everything's signed on the back. And what do you have on yours? You have a certificate of authenticity for yours? It's massive. Um, yeah, because I haven't had any printed yet, but I will. It mine doesn't have any of my details on it because I don't. Uh, I figure they know who I am. Yeah, because they bought through your website. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, it just says this certificate assures that the artwork titled below is an original by Susan Nethercote. Spe- specifications, title, year, size, medium, material. And it's got artist signature and date authenticated. And then I just have a little blurb on the bottom that says, this original artwork is an assemblage of the artist's beliefs, experience, passion and unique talent. All copyright and reproductions are retained by the artist. This work may not be reproduced by any process without the express written permission of the artist. So it's just a bit of copyright. I hope you love the newest addition to your home. Thank you again for supporting Australian artists. That's very thorough. I suspect I may have gotten it from Blue Thumb. Okay, we've got all those bits and bobs assembled. So what's yeah, next? Yeah, so we've only talked about packing the paper pieces <laughs> and let's face it, they're easy. So do you pack them in tissue or just in the cello bags? Okay, really good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Mm. So because I make mixed media work and some, some of those paper pieces have oil pastel or other types of pastel on them, like the Caran d'Ache, the water-soluble wax, They have to be fixed and they can sometimes stick to tissue paper. Yeah, so you would would use glassine paper if it wasn't prohibitively expensive. I suspect it's actually way less expensive in other countries than it is in Australia. But every time I've tried to source glassine paper, it is like hundreds of dollars a roll. And I'm just like, I can't afford that. Oh, I bought them as bags because that's what... LPs, you know, records are packaged in. Well, I'll be getting that link from you. (laughs) Baking paper, which works perfectly well. It just means that it can't be left in there for years and years. Mm. It will stop it from sticking. So what I do is I just will tape the baking paper to the backing board and pull it over and then tape it down again and then slide it in the sleeve. So when you say you can't be left for years and years, is that because it's not... It's not archival and acid-free. But I'm figuring most people are going to put it somewhere. And, I, you know, I'm sure it wouldn't do too much damage because they're all fixed and varnished and, like, within an inch of their lives. But what I have found has happened on occasion when I've wrapped it in tissue paper is if on just – and I don't know what exactly has – why it's happened for some and not for others – is uh, the oil pastel will stick to the tissue paper and actually right. lift a bit off the painting, which you do not want. Mm. Um, it works really well with the glassine paper. Now, I use tissue but for a different reason. I don't use oil pastel, but even when it works on paper, a varnished. I do roll um, paper pieces sometimes too, though. Yes, and I, I roll the larger ones too. My A2s I send in a tube rolled. Mm. So I do use tissue paper when I wrap those, unless it is an oil pastel one and then I will use the baking paper instead. But I'll also use tissue over that because you've got to package it nice and tight in a tube. Um, I love tubes. I use them a lot um, because I send 
so I have a size that I cap out at, I think it's, what is it, 20 by 30 inches? Would that be 20 by 30 inches? I have a size that I cap out at that's actually not that large. And over and above that size, if I'm shipping something overseas, which is most of the time my work is going to America, um, I will remove canvases from the stretcher bars Mm. and I will roll them and put them in a tube and send them that way. Right. And I have that all written on my listing on the website. I explain that for people that this work, if you buy it and it's overseas, the safest way for it to travel and the most cost-effective way for it to travel is rolled in a tube where you can have it restretched by your framer. It's a totally straightforward process. They do it all the time. And that most of my work is larger. So um, I have tubes that I um, purchase from Officeworks, quite long ones that will fit most of my paintings in them. And sometimes I have paintings that are really large and I will actually go to the plumbing store and I will get them to cut me a piece of PVC pipe and buy caps that fit the ends Mm -hmm. and I will ship it in the PVC pipe, which is the most indestructible way to ship a large work. And I, you know, when I'm sending works that large, I prefer to do it that way because they're often worth thousands and thousands of dollars. So I want the really top indestructible tube. Hey guys, are you loving what you're hearing on the podcast and craving a bit more from my studio? Then consider checking out my e-course trilogy, Painting as a Practice, playful classes in mixed media painting designed to nurture your authentic style. If you're a beginner painter or seeking some fresh new approaches in your art, then check out chapter one, Laying Solid Foundations. Or if you'd like to learn more about my ways with colour and mixed media art supplies, then chapter two is a great option. And if you're seeking to really hone your creative style or learn how to create a series of larger works on canvas, then chapter three is a brilliant option. Each chapter is just 77 US dollars each, or you can pick up the discounted bundle of all three courses for just 219 US dollars. To learn more, be sure to head on over to the link in the show notes or susannethicutestudio.com forward slash online dash classes. I'll see you soon. Um, so, and the way I do it is I have, um, when I'm removing a canvas from the stretcher bars, I have a handy little um, staple removing tool. And I'll lay the painting down on a blanket or something and I will go through the very tedious process of pulling Mm -hmm. each and every one of those nails out. I kind of like it. Yeah, I bet you would. (laughs) I just find it cathartic, like pulling out all the the staples. It was so not cathartic. So, yeah, I just remove them from the stretcher bars and then I lay them down. I do usually um, ship all of the paintings either in tissue or with a layer of the baking paper if it, if there's potential it might stick. I did have a commission piece I shipped recently and that unfortunately has happened. So they're having, and it's large, so they have to send it back. Um, and so lay it out on the tissue paper or the baking paper, roll it up, put out, have a really nice sticker that I put on the outside of my rolls that just says from the studio of Susan Nethercote. So I just, I brand everything because I think it's, it's branding. Like Mm -hmm. it's part of the experience. 
and slide it in the tube, put some of the little postcard package down there and nice little note. And Bob's your uncle. Well, and I actually on the ends of my tubes recently uh, invested in fabric tape rather than regular packing tape. Okay. Which is like... um, It's also known as gaffer tape. My postie tells me that often he'll get packages of tubes where people haven't appeared, they haven't actually put tape around the end. Like people don't pack things very well apparently. They don't tape the ends up. Well, they put the little little stopper in the um, tube, but a lot of people apparently don't bother to tape them. Is this something out though that I've learned from you? When you roll your canvases, you roll them so that the paint is on the outside. That's how you should do it. Not in on itself, but outwards, because um, you're changing the surface tension if you go inwards. Because it's like the acrylic will stretch, but it can't compress because it will fold and crack. And... But I do remember back when I did a huge deep dive into how to ship art, discovering that that was a pretty standard recommendation to put the face of the painting on the outside rather than facing inside. Um, That's pretty thorough the way you've packed it all. And I always stuff a bit of tissue paper or bubble wrap mm, in either yeah. end so that there's a little bit of cushioning between the artwork and the um, outside of the package, which is particularly relevant for prints or paintings because of course this is how I ship all of my art prints so um yeah um so and then labeling some people have like thermal label printers and stuff and they have their they do a large volume and they're all hooked up with Australia Post to do all that stuff um but I just I just copy and paste the address from the um shipping information from the order and just tape that on there And then I also have to fill in a customs form if it's going overseas. Yeah, but I do love that once I've taken it to the post office, then I can bring that tracking number home and I can enter that straight into Squarespace and then they will receive notifications of, you know, all of that information. That's been a great thing. So you use Australia Post. I do. Why? So I have, I actually have had a painting um, snapped in half by a very reputable carrier of things I've never had anything wrong go wrong with Australia Post so and I find it's pretty cost effective who do you send with and I send with Sandal um but to backtrack I used to send with Australia Post because I was doing a lot more worldwide shipping if you're with Australia Post you can also get a business account and depending on your volume you can get a discount on that but yeah now I use Sandal I really like it I don't have to leave my house I enter all the information on the platform, which is really, really simply laid out, and then I leave it at my front door and the courier picks out. And it automatically sends your customers alerts to the information that you put in there, which I like. And also you can select the type of parcel that you want rather than like the specific weight and dimensions. You could say, is it like a shoebox or a carry-on or a, a check-in luggage? Like you just... You know, and do you do, do international with Sendal? Sendal doesn't do international from where I am, but I don't do a lot of international. I usually use pack and send for those and for big parcels as well. My big workaround for that is whenever I purchase stretched canvases, if there's a box available, I will bring it home so I have cardboard and those specifications. I buy all my canvases online, so they already come in a box. I didn't think you bought canvases. I use that to package it up. For a lot of the smaller ones, I'll just buy boxes, customise them with a Stanley knife. Some of the packages I've made, I've looked at them at the end and gone. Sometimes the best pack thing is not sexy, it's just solid. 
my go-to shipping method with frame pieces is to I don't use cardboard I use pool noodles doesn't look sexy at all but you put a pool noodle or the slit in there and then you put it over the framed bit cut over the right length and then I sort of sandwich that in um sheets of ply like really thin like three mil ply and then I take the crap out of it but I like to use a paper tape so my, again I'm minimizing my plastic usage and then it can't be pierced you can't put a hole through it it's super sturdy and I've sent really big stuff like that like 1.6 meters by 1.6 so that it minimizes on the weight rather than putting in a crate it's kind of a workaround when a corner of one of my daughter's rooms is basically cardboard boxes and she hates me for it you know it's like they're so hard it's so hard when you've got to ship something it's like you really just want that in your house like especially if you're selling through a third-party platform like blue thumb you have to ship it kind of quickly and you don't have a lot of time to shop around so mostly i just um bubble wrap and cardboard yeah, as much yeah. as possible build things with a stanley knife and yeah it's very time consuming and annoying but yeah the labor is like a huge cost of packaging like doing all this stuff takes ages and you've got to include that in your prices you know to so challenge the shipping thing oh i hate it makes me crazy which brings us right back around to the start <laughs> i don't know the artist of this but people that have businesses where they're saying prints or cards often they'll use a fulfillment center so they're not even having to touch the product which i'd love they'll have stock for the place they'll have all the branding materials postcards and stickers and but i feel like it doesn't work for original art one-offs well, it's also that's where you choose the business model in relation to your lifestyle. Like I don't have an enormous business, nor do I want one. I just want to make a nice income and like my life. <laughs> it's such a simple goal, but um, it'll be so hard to obtain. <laughs> what have we missed? Steph, have we missed anything? We talked about tubes. We talked about shipping uh stretch canvases i want to hear about your experience getting someone to help you with shipping because i love that so much but i i just don't know i feel stuck on that yeah so when i first hired laura that was the first thing that i got her to do i was i was moving a lot more volume in the art business then making a lot more smaller pieces um and it just got so out of hand mm-hmm. um so and it was great when laura I contacted her because we'd reconnected at an exhibition and um, I thought she might be perfect for it because she was just kind of starting to get back into the workforce after being ill for a while. And, yeah, and because she has an art background, you know, it always helps when it's someone that understands what you're doing and, you know, how sensitive it is and that it needs to be done Mm -hmm. right. Um, And... Yeah, and then so we basically, I just trained her and walked her through all of the different ways that I package and ship things, and yeah, she did it. And we wrote, like I got documented the process. We made lists of, you know, it's all on Trello and boards. This is how you package and ship this item. So it's actually there should I want to bring anyone else in in the future. Yeah, so it's not a diff- it's actually kind of the perfect place to bring someone into your business because it's pretty straightforward and easy to document a process and easy to hand over probably to someone else if it need be. Um 
but yeah, I'm not, haven't been doing an enormous amount of volume like I was back before COVID. So I'm not worrying about it. You've also grown the online side of the business in terms of classes and stuff. So, but also even with the prints. So I don't, I don't do drop shipping with my printer. I put in an order and they send it to me and often there'll be a few prints in the order. So I'll take them out and then I generally use that same tube to ship directly back out to someone else and then there might be a couple of flat pieces or a couple that go into a smaller tube. So why do you get them to send directly to you rather than your customer? Because um, a lot of my orders come from overseas and the drop shipping cost was prohibitive and was not worth it for me. Right, so it's cheaper to send it to you and then you to send it onwards? (laughs) That's pretty easy because it comes in a tube really nicely packaged up already. Sometimes I just have to separate them and put them in different packages. Okay, it's manageable at the level that I'm doing it. Yeah. There was a time I made greeting cards and postcards. And let's be honest, the profit margin and on I actually a stopped card is because not great. They weren't worth it's a enough to justify business, sending really as a package want. with shipping, um, what do you call it, tracking information. So, like, you know, often to send overseas, a packet, a $30 packet of cards was costing $25 in shipping if I wanted to get tracking right. And so I would, the only real option was to send them just via direct mail because they were small enough to go in direct mail and then things would get lost. So there are certain things that I figured out weren't from the shipping element actually made them unviable for my business. So I still make the greeting cards just for myself and I give them to friends and customers and they're part of my branding but I don't sell them anymore. Look if you're selling lots of them and you're getting them drop shipped or um, through fulfillment center you could maybe make it work but it's a lot of effort for a little reward. Uh, These are my favorite kinds of podcasts when you get to hear about the ins and outs of other people's and I've had so many messages on Instagram over the years People, artists asking me, like they've sold their first big painting. They're like, I have no idea how to ship this. Who do you go with? What do you do? Yeah. Oh, well, I think that'll be it then, Steph. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. You can always see more of my art over at susanethercote.com. And if you're interested in learning from me or checking out the podcast notes, you can find those over on susannethercotestudio.com. I love hearing your comments and feedback, so feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, then why not snap a screenshot and share it in your Instagram stories? Be sure to tag me at susan.nethercote so I can say hi. And if you've got a great idea for a future podcast episode or know someone who you think I should interview, then pop on over to susannethercotestudio.com forward slash podcast Hit the button in the header image to shoot me an email. Catch you next time.